Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go, this is it! This is Top Flight Time Machine. I am Andy Hotbody Dawson. Pow, pow, pow. I'm Sam Nifty Delady. So what? Welcome along to the Friday morning episode. If you're IFS, you'll get it earlier on the Thursday evening. That's how it works. It's as simple as that. Um, Before we go any further, I'm delighted to finally be able to talk a little more about the film that I've been working on recently, Sam. This has been a long Um, time coming for the Cunters to hear about this. Yeah. I've 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 been distracted. I'll be honest. You probably noticed in the recent episodes, in the last few weeks, I've been distracted. I haven't been at my best because I've I've been overcome by uh, the acting bug. I've been your, trying. Your head's to, been turned. My head's been turned by show business, mm. and um, yeah, I've I've tried to come out of character at the end of filming, but it's been hard. No, because you but, you've uh, got quite into the. I don't know what I've school got, it was in New York that De Niro went to, but there's a famous school isn't there of method acting where you immerse yourself is it lee streisberg or someone like that that's isn't it? it yeah that cunt yeah him but it does it it does <laughs> Hello, it over the lee streisberg so. acting services what do you want <laughs> you're, what? you're gonna play a taxi a, 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 tabby, <laughs> a cabbie who's gone fucking demented because he was in the war no problem yeah no it's it's 20 quid an hour get round here now <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, it's Stras- Strasbourg's in there, isn't it, Lee Strasbourg? Hello, yeah, Lee Strasbourg. Right, yeah, uh-huh. Right, are you going to be a goodie or a baddie? <laughs> right, because it's 30 quid extra if you're a baddie. Because <laughs> it's hard. I'll tell you why, it's fucking harder to play a baddie. So, what, you're a boxer, but you're coming towards the end of your career, are you? Right, right. Are they filming this in colour or black and white? Oh, black and white. Okay, that's going to cost extra as well, because... Obviously, it's a lot harder to be expressive in black and white. <laughs> so they want you to put weight on. Right, well, it's going to be an extra 15, 15 quid per kilogram. Um, basically, just eat loads of pasta. I could lay the food on for an extra cost. It yeah. might work out cheaper for you to just buy it yourself. But a lot of people the like the convenience diet. of me feeding them while they're here. I will mark, I buy pasta in bulk, but I mark it up by a good 20%. I'm just being transparent with you about that. I've got loads of them sacks of rice that they get in the shops that all the Indian fellas go to for their curry houses. I'll send you one of them round. Surprisingly cost effective, actually. Come over, I'll make you a nice big bowl of rice, and then we'll get into pretending to be a boxer, yeah? <laughs> Uh, so that's it. Yeah, I've gone method. Uh, the director of the film. I mean, you know this. Yeah. A lot of people I've have been me know this as for well. a man with a big mouth like me. I think I'm the real hero for not telling anyone this <laughs> over whatever yeah, it's been completely. six months. The, oh, it's nine months since I first found out about it. Right. It was last September. Uh, yeah, it's Ken Loach. Of course, it's Ken Loach. It's Loachy, which is amazing because <laughs> when this came out. We'd already done a huge amount of Loach content on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, he's a man that we've film. always found fascinating. 
Yeah. Um, I've interviewed yeah. Lochi a couple of times and thought that he was, uh, yeah, I actually thought he was really nice. I don't agree with all of his political views, but I always found mm. him a very nice guy. And we're fascinated with him and his work. So when you said one day, I think I've been cast in a fucking Ken Loach show, obviously my first response was, have you fuck? Is this like, is this, is this a bit we're working up for the live show? <laughs> oh, we'll leave for the next one. Yeah. No, it, to be fair, he's lovely. He's a lovely fella. Yeah. Really, yeah. and, and it's been, it's been amazing, kind of just watching the whole process. Yeah. Um, but it, it has been. It's been. I'm, I'm having, I've done three days of filming. I'm, I'm, I'm in it for like about. I'm probably in scenes in the film that last. Uh, assuming they don't get cut anyway, mm. that last for about two and a half minutes. Out of a ninety-minute film, yeah, altogether. So I'm not a significant part of it, but um, I've got a couple of lines of dialogue. But it just what just watching how it all works and watching Ken doing his thing has just been um, it's, it's it's been amazing. I've loved it. Yeah, because not so, only um, obviously he's a very very famous um, filmmaker, one of the most you know sort of established and successful British filmmakers ever, but. Famously, he has an extremely unique way of making films, doesn't yeah. he? It's like it's not like you know, it's not like you're going on. A, you could go on a set with whoever, fucking Spielberg or whatever. But I think that they, you know, there is a, there is a way of directing movies that that is full of. But he, he, I mean, as I understand it, is he's got his own very unique way. So, like, isn't a lot of it sort of he encourages you to ad lib? There's some of that, yeah. I mean, there's 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 days when I mean, he's right. There's a guy called Paul Laverty from Glasgow who's right. written the, the last written with him for about the last twenty years, I think. And he, I mean, I, I don't want to give too much away because I don't know how much of it is kind of. Is the protagonist? Can I just like without giving too much away? Is the protagonist of this movie exceptionally unlucky? <laughs> he does. It, there, there is there is some misfortune right, in his okay, life. Right. That's enough. That. That's enough. Good. I'm glad. I'm a fan of his output, so I want it to follow the sort of things that but I like. The, the guy, the guy who plays the protagonist, is a fellow called Dave, who has had no acting experience whatsoever, other than being a kind of having one or two lines in one of Ken's previous films, or being right. an extra. And he's he's the lead. And he's been fucking amazing. Wow! Watching him, watching him working on it and everything. Um, I don't. Wanna, yeah, I don't want to say too much. I'll probably talk about it more when it comes out. But can you tell us a little bit about, about how the role came apart about? Because obviously, I know, but like uh, the listeners, I I think will think, fucking hell, how did this happen? Yeah, just a, fr- a friend of mine, um, a woman called Laura, who is a part of the uh, local cultural community. Mm. She's involved in cultural projects and all that kind of thing. And she got a message from. Um, the casting director to say we're looking for um, male males between the age of forty and fifty who have got some kind of uh, performing experience, whether it's acting, singing, mm. writing, and any kind of creative experience. You were like this, tick, tick, tick. Uh, well, exactly. <laughs> and, I, and I thought, do, do I look like someone who would not be out of place in a Ken Loach film? <laughs> tick. <laughs> so. So yeah, there was, there was an email address, and um, yeah, so I just sent an email off to the casting company, and I got asked in for a little chat with Ken, mm. and I think that was about the end of September last year, and uh, that was that was over in about five minutes. I think he just wanted to have a look, just size me up. Yeah, there were loads of other people in at the same time, you know. Let's have a look of, at you then. 
Right. Let's see what he's made of. Do you of. mind if I just lift your lips so I can look at your gums? Yeah, nice and healthy. <laughs> uh, nice, good, wet nose. That's a good sign. And let me just Would... check behind your ears for fleas. Oh, you're a good, clean lad. <laughs> now, I've got, this mar- I've got this marker pen. <laughs> can I draw a moustache on you? <laughs> it will wash off in about three days. Don't worry about it. And some spectacles like Harry Potter's. Yeah, I tell you what, <laughs> I can see it. And then did he do that thing with their hands where they sort of frame <laughs> yeah. you? With his finger exactly. and thumb, he made a sort of a yeah. viewfinder. Yeah, yeah, I can see yeah. it. I can see it. And he oh. sends it to his casting director. I can see it. Can you see it? I can see it. <laughs> yeah. One of, one of the best bits about filming has been watching Ken using one of those handheld lens things ah. that, you know, that they do when they change the, yeah. the, the size of the lens to see what it'll look like. Not on a chain around his neck, like you would see. That's what you'd want. Old, and you'd want him to be wearing have. sort of um, britches or jodhpurs as well. Yeah, mm. and he, he, didn't, he didn't have a chair with his name on the back no, either, a collapsible a chair or anything like that, so that wasn't uh, so good. So, yeah, I did the first um, the first meeting with him, and then I got asked back about oh God, two months later, I think, to do a bit of improv with um, two other guys. And we sat down in this room, and... Ken says, right, here's the situation. I want you to be... The characters you're all going to be improvising, you're, you work on a building site together. Mm. And one of your colleagues, you've all worked together in the same group for 20 years, but one of your colleagues has started to... Maybe he's hit the bottle a little bit too much. Mm. He's got a few problems in his life. He started drinking at lunchtime, and you're worried that there's going to be... Um, an accident sooner or later because he's getting sloppy because of mm. this drinking that he's doing. So I want you to talk about how your characters would deal with that. He says, you there, you're sympathetic to him. You want to keep him in the job. You, yeah. another one, um, you're not sure, you're on the fence and, and you want him to get the sack because enough's enough Yeah, sort of thing. So we did this improvisation. Which one were you? Five minutes. Which one were you? Um, I, I was the one that wanted him sacked right. because it was enough was enough sort yeah. of thing. So we did that. And I'm giving it all kind of like, look, it's enough, you know, he's up there, there's a pile of bricks up there, mm. and if he stumbles into them, they come down, someone's going to get their head smashed in. Mm. Simple as that. We kind of go on like this. You know, we need to address it and all this. Did you, did, so did, you, came, did you, as a, as a podcaster slash writer by trade, did you at that stage find yourself really reaching for um, credible sounding building site references? Like, yeah, yeah. I well, mean, obviously, there's a big hole full of cement, the cement hole, which we have on every site, as you know. And if he's pissed, he could fall in it. You know that I've seen it happen I, before. The cement machine that goes yeah. round and round. He might get his head in that, <laughs> and then he's fucked. It's okay I'd though, because tr- Ken Loach doesn't know about building sites either. It just be thinking, yeah, this is great. <laughs> it sounds real. He it could pick like- up some paint and drink it. <clears throat> Do you know what I mean? You can mistake it for double cream like because it does look very tasty when you see it all even. And he could just be pissed and think, ah, there's some double cream there. And next thing you know, he's drunk a fucking litre of emulsion and he's on fire. A nice bit of, nice bit of builder's double cream in the afternoons. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so we did that bit. And then I walked away from that and I thought, that was all right. I did okay there. I didn't mm. feel like I was out of my depth. I reached, I reached into the improvisational style that we use on Top Flight Time Machine. Mm. You know, it was that. And I, and I thought, I, I, I think I got away with that. That was okay. And I was driving home. And then it just dawned on us. I went, oh, fuck. I've just done Dennis 
from a Vader haircut. <laughs> that was worse. I basically worse just did an impersonation of Dennis. Worst yeah. things you could have done. Yeah, because Dennis would have probably been, now we can't have this, wouldn't he? he was, exactly. He was pretty strict. <clears throat> exactly. So I just did Dennis, and it worked, because I ended up getting a small role in the film. So Brilliant. What, a, what an if amazing else, experience, mate. Oh, it's been such fun. It's been really good. Uh, been with some great people. Got a taste for um, it now? Do you think you'll be uh, oh, looking for yeah. other acting gigs? Yeah, if any of our listeners um, are looking for someone short, fat, and 50 and bald to be in a film about anything yeah. I'll do that yeah I loved it yeah so, acting's um, alright laugh isn't it yeah so well, it's not that the film's called... it, but I, I, it's always struck yeah, me it's... as a laugh yeah you'll, you'll get there if that's what you want <laughs> follow your dreams I, yeah I dream of it every day and, uh, and I tell myself every day in the bathroom mirror when I wake up <laughs> you will one day be an actor you will be on the stage in Broadway so just never give up <laughs> although to be fair on the third film in the day, it'd be in for eight o'clock in the morning. And I was kind of like thinking, oh, fuck, fuck this. fucking hell, this is like a proper job, yeah. this. It's not like with podcasting. <laughs> we just sort of get oh, yeah, up exactly. and text each other to, whenever we're feeling all right. <laughs> yeah. I've got to be, what, in a certain place at a certain time? Do you ever think fucking back to like, the days when we first started doing this and how we used to actually physically go somewhere at a time? Yeah. And for you, London, and for, you for you, yeah, it was like a four-hour commute, and uh, it, uh, which you know, um, because even for me, like when we were having to go to like Acast in Old Street, and I'd be like, oh fucking hell, I'm gonna have to go all the way over to East London today. That's gonna take me the best part of an hour each way. Fuck that! And then I think, <laughs> fucking Andy's coming from Sunderland, but it feels like I can't believe it. I can't believe we kept it going for as long as we did before. The pandemic introduced yeah. us to Zoom. No, we were doing it like this way long before the pandemic. That was that oh, was yeah, what maybe. kept us. Yeah, because we were we were pandemic proof because we we right. already established this way of working because we were doing five a week. But yeah, I mean, I was to be fair, I was coming down to London for the the more lucrative of my podcast. That's true. We did usually. Anyway. I we did. Just, I was just coming down to see you. No, I know that. No offense. Never, nevertheless, it was still a, a pain, a pain in the arse yeah. to get together. Well, I mean, like and, that. And, 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 and yeah, and I'm thinking about this thing. Oh, fuck, I've got to be there at eight in the morning. And it's a, it's literally an 11 minute drive from my house where it was being filmed. So, you know, in terms of like bucket list stuff, I've, I've been a fan of Ken's films for like decades. Yeah. Going back to the 90s. And in terms of bucket lists, it's my 50th birthday coming up next month. And it's like, I do some amazing stuff already. I've done some brilliant things over the no, last few years and I've film. loved all of it. And just the, the icing on the cake just before my 50th to get a part in a Ken Loach film that's 11 minutes from me house. You could die now. Just... I mean, I don't I don't wish death upon you or anyone. Oh, I can stop now. I can pack in. But I'm, I'm if quite you did do, I think the line I used the other day, I think it's from Blade Runner um, that we have an agreement <laughs> on is time to die. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> time to die. You could have said that just after you'd left set on the final day. Just sat in your car, got time to die, and your head slowly lulls yeah. forward, and that's it. Yeah. Perchance oh, to it, dream. It's been, it's been fucking great. I've loved it. Um, and this is possibly the best bit about the whole thing. I think I mentioned in a previous episode that um, one of the one of the crew is a hunter. And he presented oh, yeah. well, he presented himself with a prop ice cube yeah. between his teeth. 
Yeah. And uh, by the way, I have an ice cube in my mouth and then gave me my very own proper He ice shouted cube. that across the set almost, didn't he? You were leaving, wasn't it? Something was like leaving. that. And he went, Andy. And you looked round. Yeah. And he just, some geezer had an ice cube pretty- in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking superb. Yeah. yeah. That's up there with the um, the maternity ward story that we had before. We were talking earlier off air. Well, I wouldn't say we were bitching, um, but we were talking about how sometimes, you know, the about boundaries between us, the audience, <laughs> and the idea yeah. of physical meet, meeting people. or And we were talking about, you know, how that can be complicated and confusing. But once in a while, someone like the geezer on that set, comes up with something that you just think, mate, that is legendary. That is the yeah. sort of face-to-face contact contact that we're there for. Yeah. He'd really gone the extra yard. Not only had he sourced a, a prop ice cube, he'd also sourced an extra one for you. And it's just like... He had. That was... Yeah, we salute him. Kind of, well, that's the kind of attention to detail that Ken Loach insists on. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you see why he's in with Loachy. Totally. So yeah, it's been it's been dead good, and it's the film's called The Old Oak, which is the name of the pub that it's set around, right? Uh, and that will be in cinemas in twenty twenty three. And they'll probably do a premiere in Sunderland, I would imagine, because that would be the lo- somewhere that, local, that would certainly be, be the Lochian be, thing to do. Oh yeah, there'll be a screening. There'll be a screening. I mean, it's it's been filmed in a um a, a little village outside Sunderland called Merton, um, and um, there's a. A, a view multi-screen cinema complex there so they might have oh. it there because that's the local cinema um, but you, you, you you'll, ma- you'll be taking your mum and dad to that I would imagine if they're invited yeah if it's plus plus two or whatever yeah it's got to be I think it's just gonna I don't think it's gonna be a, a glitzy premiere thing it'll be a no it doesn't feel like Lochi to have like fucking flamingos walking around and <clears throat> you know yeah. dwarfs with like silver trays of cocaine attached yeah. to their heads um, yeah. or like you know who was it? Um, thingy, uh, Bianca Jagger riding in on a white horse and all that sort of shit. Probably that not. That doesn't that feel like thing. a loach move, but you never know. He's Probably always got not. surprises up his sleeve. Yeah, you never know. And he, he, I mean, he parachutes into the venue out of a fighter yeah. jet. He, he, he's 86 so there's probably yeah. more films to come, I imagine. Hello, uh, Cops, uh, it's me, the loachster. <laughs> Ready for the new film, are you? Good. But first, I want you all to get proper fucking twatted on all this free coke I got the film company to lay on. Well, it's the and that, afterwards, afterwards, don't get too fucked because after the film, I'm gonna lay on some prosers. <laughs> That's me. Always keep you guessing. Lochie's back. Lochie's back. Tell your friends. Jalapeño. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you wouldn't be hearing this brief but annoying message if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St Clements each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes, lots of other marvellous benefits, and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your ticks. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings. Jalapeño. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Jalapeño. But the other thing as well, you know, our mutual friend Dave Harper, mm. sadly no longer with us. Mm. Um, from Pop Rex in Sunland and from Frankie in the Heartstrings. I've got Dave um, Harper here in the Vita Modular, mate. Um, is he there? Yeah, I've got. He's still. He's got uh, the mug that, that that we got when we were up at Pop Rex with Dave Harper giving the V's with the uh, with the, the the slogan "Still hate Thatcher." It's pride of place yeah. in the Vita Modular, mate. Good stuff because um, D- Dave. Couple of things about Dave which chimed with this film. Dave grew up in Merton. In oh, the village okay. where we've been filming. Um, so he was a Merton lad. And secondly, um, he hated Thatcher, obviously, yeah. as I think Ken Loach does as well. I, I think he might sure. do, yeah. And um, and Dave was also a huge fan of Ken's films. And one of the last oh, posts great. that Dave did on Facebook before he passed away was about Ken Loach. Mm. Um, so that, that, that still hit Thatcher thing. You've got the mug there. Yeah. Well, I've got the T-shirt. And I wore the T-shirt under my costume during filming, so Dave is in the film in some sense. That that ties into something else, actually, that ties into Dave and uh, and the, um, that I made a note of. I've been meaning to tell you this for a while, because I, I very occasionally, very occasionally, do on my notes on my phone things that happen in the week that I think, oh, I must remember to tell Andy that on the pod, on the Friday or the Monday episode. Yeah. And then I forget to tell you, but... Um, I was doing a tidy up in the Vita Modular and there was a black sort of wallet, fold, plastic wallet folder. I don't mm. know about you, but I'm a big fan of those. This is a side point, but I love a plastic wallet folder to keep my documents in. Do you? Has <laughs> it got a press stud? Yes, it? it was one of them. Yeah, they're good. They're I mean, good I like thing. all sorts of plastic folder, the, but the press stud <laughs> one's really good. I mean, they're lightweight and secure. That's all I, you know, need, isn't it? I know, it's actually, yeah, it's great for like when we were on tour. And shit like that, isn't it? It's great for itineraries. Oh, yeah. So I'm fan of those, and I thought, what's this black, um, what's this lightweight, secure, black plastic <laughs> wallet folder? I don't recognise it. I like it. It's got, a, <laughs> it's got a button stud. It's great, but I don't remember purchasing this. So I looked inside of it, and it was full of um, Still Hate Thatcher Dave Harper stickers and a couple of other bits of oh, paraphernalia. And I thought, hmm... This looks as if it was from the April's trip up to Sunderland. The Christmas party. And then I remembered, I'm sure there were other things in this plastic wallet. And then I remembered there's a, that one of our uh, most loyal um, and highly engaged, let's say, canters, uh, mm. Little Guria yeah. from Ireland. He was there with his girlfriend. Do you remember that? Yep. I do. And it was him who presented me with the folder at the beginning of the show because he came out and he presented us, he presented me a folder. He said, in there are gifts for you and Andy, right? Obviously, I'm thinking, unless it's cash, forget it, (laughs) right? Uh, I look in and what he's got us is two quite strange chocolate bars that he claimed were only available in um, Ireland, but are weirdly manufactured in Bermuda. So that was interesting. I can't remember what they're called. Good. 
but two packets of Tato crisps because obviously Tato crisps are a, a brand of crisp that we are fascinated by on this podcast. Yeah. And so he'd brought some Tato crisps all the way over and he had a lot of information. We're always interested in information on Tato crisps. There's there's because there's this there's a south and north of the border sort of divide, isn't there? Like there's Tato Castle. Yeah. Anyway, he had all of that. I was quite interested, but we were getting ready for the show. Anyway, what I've been meaning to tell you is... Yeah, mate, yeah, yeah. Thanks very much. I'll yeah, look at it Give us the crisps and sit down. I'll, I'll, I'll look at it in June. I won't be eating <laughs> that fucking chocolate because you probably injected it with poison. I learned that. You remember, you couldn't. remember everyone thought that when you were going trick-or-treating. My mum used to say that. Uh, careful when they give you stuff because... And I go, well, hang on. They give me a fucking Twix. What could be wrong with a Twix? And my mum, because she's mental, would go... Well, they could eat, they could put poison in it. And I go, how? If it's still in the rabbit, she go, oh, easy. They get a syringe and inject it in. <laughs> and then ever since, I just couldn't enjoy fucking trick-or-treating. Yeah. Because I'd always think everything's got poison. So now, this bloke, and if he's listening, look, mate, I'm not, I'm not claiming that you're a poisoner. But I have to tell you that I can't be handed a chocolate bar by a stranger without thinking straight away, I wonder if they've injected it with poison. Yeah, and I've told it's, you. It's natural. It's a natural. Reaction. I've told you a story about when my brother left a like soaked a fucking Mars bar in petrol, and gave it to me. Right? Fucking what? I, yeah, like when he was working as a postman, he used to go in on the on the <clears> mo- <throat> on his motorbike every day, and then he'd come back from a night shift, and he'd go to bed, and very occasion. And one time I got up, <laughs> and he was he was he was in bed. He'd gone to bed. And I just and I got up like maybe an hour after he's gone to bed to go to school. And on the table, when I got that, he knew I was a right greedy little cunt. When I was a kid, I was like a tubby little fucker, and I just ate anything, right? And I come downstairs, and on the kitchen table there is a Mars bar at, sitting on top of a note written in his distinctive handwriting for Sam, right? And I should have fucking known, because this was not the sort of dynamic that existed between me and my brothers, right? It was not not a normal thing in my household for people to leave gifts. Just like, there's no no occasion, it's just a nice little thing. I bought you a Mars bar. It just didn't, mate, it didn't add up. But like I say, I was a greedy fucking 10-year-old, right? And I just thought, brilliant. Mars bar for free, I'll have that. So I picked it up and I scoffed it down. Fucking Was it in the wrapper then or not? It was in the wrapper. I wolfed it down in one go. I did think, hmm, that tasted and <clears> smelt <throat> a bit funny. Later on mm. that day, my I've come home from school. My brother's up. He's about to go off to do his shift. He goes, you all right? Yeah. Do you see that Mars bar I left you? Yeah. And then he starts grinning. He goes, did you eat it? And I said, yeah, I did. I ate it straight away. <laughs> I had it for my breakfast. And he went, ha, ha, nice, was it? And I've gone, yeah, it was, well, it was a Mars bar. Yeah, it was nice. <laughs> Hmm. <laughs> Did it? Was there anything weird about it? And I went, well, yeah. Now you come to now you come to mention it. It did smell a bit funny. And he went, "Did it?" And he's practically like pissing. <laughs> oh, Did it, it taste funny too? And I said, "Well, yeah. I mean, it smelt funny. I suppose it might taste a bit off, but I just fucking ate it quite quickly, so I didn't notice." And then he's just falling about laughing. And he's, I can't remember if it was by accident or on purpose, but. He basically got a Mars bar when he stopped to fill up his motorbike with petrol at the SO. And then he soaked, he put a Mars bar on the floor, floor in the petrol station. And after he'd finished filling up his bike petrol, he took the nozzle out and he just soaked the Mars bar in petrol. Jesus Christ. And then he left it for me with a note. 
because it was a test of my greed, he said, to see if that, even though it stunk of petrol, I would still just blindly scoff it. And I guess I failed the test because that's exactly what I did. So this this is why I haven't eaten these chocolate bars that the man from Ireland gave us. What I wanted to tell you is that one day I was quite... I've told you before about how crisps can't be left around the house because I scoff them too easily. Yeah. Well... My, as usual, my wife had hidden the crisps that she gets for the kids' lunches. And I was I was at a loose end. It was a Saturday afternoon, and I suddenly was, like, craving some crisps. So I started rushing around the house like a fucking junkie looking for some crisps. And in the end, I found the Tato's. And one packet was mine, and one packet was yours. And I'd accidentally brought them both here because we'd just mm. left the show, and I hadn't given you your share, mate. And the only, mm. way, and I, the only other person in the house was Len, and there was no way I could eat a bag of crisps in front of him, right, without sharing them. I yeah. don't like sharing my crisps. So I briefly thought I could go into the bathroom and eat them secretly <clears throat> in there. But then I thought, what What kind of a man, what kind of a father I become? That's, 47 yeah. years old, Saturday afternoon, my son's downstairs playing video games and I've locked myself in the toilet to eat a pair of a packet of Irish potato crisps, right? So You've done worse what, in the past. Yeah, I have, yeah. I'm telling you... What I did yeah. was, and I hope you forgive me, I ate the, my crisps and I gave your crisps to Lenny. So That's absolutely fine. Oh, I'm good. all right with that. Okay. Well, of course I am. But Lenny you owes you a packet of potatoes, mate. Yeah. No, no, he doesn't. He doesn't. <laughs> he you do. Yeah, okay, I do. Well, you do. You owe me them. I'll, Plus interest. I'll mail order a pack of fucking potatoes from Tater Castle. Yeah, good. You should. Um. <clears throat> so, yeah. That was what else was in the folder? Anything else for me that you've just kept? Just some stickers of Dave, uh, probably the running order, such as it was for that night. Anyone who, <laughs> anyone who, who was there will know that there wasn't much, let's say, structure to the show. And no, just a chocolate bar and some crisps. And I still have the chocolate bar, so I might pop that in the post for you. But be warned, oh, thanks. Like, what I'm saying is it may be poisoned either with petrol, arsenic, I don't know. Yeah, I've got quite a strong constitution, I'm not actually that fussed. Okay. Um, just a quick other thing that's just come in. I've just been messaged by um, Chris Stockhill. Mm. Um, he's messaged me on on Instagram. It's a bit fucking... Uh, bit familiar. Over familiar, but okay. Um, and um, he's, point, he's attached a, a photograph from Redbubble. And it appears to be some counterfeit Top Flight Time Machine merch oh, that's on yeah, Redbubble. Yeah, this happens a lot. This happens. Well, I didn't know about this. This happens a lot on all Red Bubbles. Uh, the reason I first know about it is that we now have some Earth Tournament merch, like from the Leniverse, on the top yeah. flight. I tried to open a Leniverse store on Red <clears throat> Bubble. Do you know what they did? They shut it down, and they would. They don't why? tell you why. They just say you are in breach of our licenses or our agreements. We are shutting you down. So I put yeah. the merch on the top flight time machine uh, store. And then Len was looking at his own merch to see if he'd made any dough out of it. And he found <laughs> Earth Tournament fucking T-shirts on several other Red Bubble accounts. Fuck off. Yeah. And then I realised that's just what people do. They knit your design, put it on there, and they sell as many as they can before they eventually get shut down. Simple. Jesus. Well, this one, it says Top Flight Time Machine, new design, and the T-shirt just says on it, Top Flight Time Machine, in a font I think it's like two different fonts. For oh, so it's not our each. designs then? It's not even our design. It just says Top Flight Time Machine in massive letters. 
and it looks horrific. <laughs> and it's designed and sold by someone called Cosmic Creative. And then the description, it just says, Top Flight Time Machine is a just symbolic design made for fan of podcast by Sam Delaney. The you can wish cat. by gifting your friends or relatives who are fan of it. Though this design is not intended only for podcast fan only. Oh. Simply, it is designed as adaptive... And then it runs out of characters for the description. So it's a fucking it a bot has done it, haven't they? And a it's a bot who we will be suing. No, I'll se- I'll be suing it as soon as we finish this episode. Yeah. yeah, we'll send them a cease and desist, and then they'll just yeah. take it down, probably. Um, yeah, that's all that'll happen. By the way, uh, just one extra about the Len of us, which we don't talk about as much on this podcast anymore because Len does have his own regular w- weekly, although we occasionally forget. He's, he's, he's got exclusive rights to the Len of us he, on his own did, podcast yeah, now. He, we're not he, even allowed to talk about it. He shut it down on all other channels yeah. and uh, and we're taking a risk even by having this <clears> conversation. But it's say so that if you're interested in what's going on in the Leniverse, which is still thriving, you can go to his Substack at leniverse.substack.com or just look up his podcast wherever you get podcasts. It's called The Bear Tent. Um, and people who are really tapped into the Leniverse will know what that's a reference to. But I will tell you, because it's too exciting not to, is that this year's Earth Tournament, which took mm. place in Brazil, mm. was won by England. Oh, finally. And guess who they Brilliant. beat in the final? Morocco. Because we all remember the heady summer of 2019 mm. when mm. we got absolutely hooked on Earth Tournament. I mean, it got yeah. us through that summer. And um, the final was England versus Morocco. And there were genuinely listeners to Top Like Time Machine who said on the day of the final, they were just like all day stressing about what the result would be <laughs> and just refreshing my Twitter the whole time. To see if there's been an update. Yeah. It was a minute by minute, wasn't it? And I, I was too. And the fucker made us... We went 1-0 up and then we ended up losing 2-1 to Morocco in the final. Yeah. I never got over it because that was that great... Yeah, everyone's got... A, it's like a World Cup. Everyone's got one they remember. And Earth Tournament 2019... That's your first one usually, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. And I think... Memorable. Although Earth Tournament apparently has been going on for something mental like 100 years, we only yeah. really got into it or became aware of it in 2019. That was our first one. And that yeah. was the year when it was in Mexico and, of course, they all camped out... <laughs> And so there was, and then the, and then the goalie, the usual goalie, got the shits, and there was loads, <laughs> and there was the whole bear tent stunt and all of that. Did the, the, the goalie get the shits, and he was out for six months? He was out for six months <laughs> in the shits. But there was also, you remember, something like a two month gap between the semi final and the final. <laughs> yeah. So we thought was. he was going to recover, but then the final came round. <clears throat> it was like, no, he's still not oh, better. Still got it. <laughs> It was from the dodgy food uh, in Mexico. So it was really good. And so it was quite exciting that this year they um this year they uh they they, they played they played out the same final and England won it like five one. They thrashed oh, them. Brilliant. Spencer Whitehouse is now retired, but Michael Fresh, who was the sort mm. of kind of, you know, secondary striker back then, he's now the main man. He let he was captain, top scorer in the tournament. Lifted the trophy. Although, interestingly, Spencer Whitehouse was in the crowd and he led a pitch invasion at the final whistle, personally. Yeah, he... Oh, wow. And the whole pitch got swamped with England fans led by him. And Michael Fresh, weirdly, let Spencer Whitehouse lift the trophy, even though he wasn't playing. Jesus. Yeah. That's very odd. Yeah, so there's some weird shit going down about... uh, I probably breached the licensing and copyright 
too much. So yeah, just just listen have. to the bear tent. It's a it's a good listen. It is. All right, that's it from this one. We'll be back after the weekend. Um, thank you very much. And as Ken Loach would say, cut. <laughs> Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.